Bibles and turn to Philemon, the book of Philemon. Some of you may have to do like I do at times when somebody mentions a book. I know where most of them are, but I still every now and then have to go to the table of contents. I had somebody say, well, Brother Mike, that's not real spiritual. I think it's smart. Instead of not knowing where I'm going to be. I want to talk to you this morning as we start this, this new year about others. It's not just another year. It's an other's year. When I, when I think about where I am in my life right now, and there are people that are not here, whether they're living now, but they're, they're not at this service, or they're not in, my, uh, not in Athens, or those who've now gone on to be in heaven, like my grandparents, uh, that have made a difference in my life, that, that what I am today is a byproduct of others. I, I think about my, my, my mom and Jean. I, I haven't always done exactly what they thought I should, was supposed to do, and really even needed to, and knew I should do. And yet they still love me and have made an impact and, and are still doing that. And without them, not just as parents, but now on a deeper level as a friend. They're, they're my parents, but, but my mom is one of my best friends. Jean is one of my best friends. I would have never thought I would have said that when I was younger, but, um, because I thought they were weird. And they, and they didn't know any better. And then Kim and um, her husband Scott. And um, you know, I, Kim and I don't always agree on things. And, and uh, she used to be really mean to me when I was younger. And she's five years older than I am. And, and, um, but because of that relationship, I am who I am today. As a matter of fact, and she may not want me to tell you this, but while she's here, I will. When I was in the seventh grade, we both had the same teacher. And again, she's five years older than me. And this teacher had kind of glasses, kind of like what you're wearing, Miss Belinda. And she was going over the roll. And she came down to Mike Green. And she pulled those glasses down. She said, please tell me you're not Kim Green's little brother. <laughs> to which I answered, no, ma'am. <laughs> I have no clue who she is. But, but others, that's what makes... The difference. So my challenge to us this year, and I want to show you some things from the book of Philemon that will challenge us to have a year of others. I talk about this a lot because I believe the Bible talks an awful lot about how others make the difference. As a matter of fact, there's some passages. I just want you to listen before I jump into this text. There's, there's over 50 references in the New Testament about what they call the one another passages. And what that means is, is that we're in a relationship, we're in a community of believers, that it's not just about us, it's about others. It's about other people. It's, a, it's about making the difference in someone else's life. And so I just want to read some of those to you. I, I don't think I'm going to read all 50 of them to you, but I'm going to read several of them. Just listen to them. I'm not going to give you the verses, but I want you to listen, listen to what the New Testament says. It says we're to love one another. We're to serve one another. 
We're to accept one another, strengthen one another, help one another, encourage one another, care for one another, forgive one another, commit to one another, submit to one another, build trust with one another, be devoted to one another, be patient with one another. Listen to this one, be interested in one another, be accountable to one another, confess to one another, live in harmony with one another. Boy, that's a challenging text after the holidays. You don't say amen, you'll get in trouble. Do not pass judgment toward one another. Do not slander one another. Instruct one another. Greet one another. Admonish one another. Spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Meet together with one another. Agree with one another. Be concerned for one another. Be humble to one another in love. Be compassionate to one another. Do not be consumed by one another. Do not have anger towards one another. Do not lie to one another. Do not grumble towards one another. Give preference to one another. Be at peace with one another. Sing. Listen to that one. Sing to one another. Turn to the person next to you and sing to them. Be of the same mind toward one another. Comfort one another. Be kind to one another. Live in peace with one another. And then carry one another's burdens. And I'll share a little bit about that in a few moments. And thus fulfill the law of Jesus Christ. The reality is when we hear that list, and as you were listening to it, and I could have given you the, the Scripture references in each one of those, the reality is even in God's church, in this church and other churches, we struggle with that. And yet that's the challenge. That's what we're supposed to be about. That's, that's who we are. I shared with you that, that Miss Linda and, and, and others got involved. Some, some of you gave to it and, and uh, several went out. But I think about 28 families that y'all, you know, they took on Christmas Day. They took Christmas to that would not have had Christmas. Wouldn't it be awesome next year that if it was 100 that we served? Wouldn't it be incredible if that each year that grew so that we would realize that's what our mission is all about. It's a year of others. Not so much what I can get, what I can have, uh, because I, that's what I, my tendency is. That's probably what your tendency is. How can, I, how can I gain the most in this year? But what it needs to be is a year of others. As I have you, had you look at uh, the book of Philemon, I'm not going to read through the whole text. Let me just kind of sum it up for you. This is one of those prison epistles. And, and the reason why I shared that with you is this, that Paul was under arrest. He, because of his allegiance to the gospel and how he was living his life, he was now bound by chains. At times it would be in something what we would consider a dungeon. At other times it was under house arrest. But, but needless to say, here was a man who at his moment of, of probably the darkest hours and of his life. And, and, and see, at one time he was at the top of, of the list. He was the best of the best. The smartest of the smartest. He had everything at his fingertips. But now he's at his darkest hour. You know what Paul's concerned about? Others. 
I've had, in my ministry of 15 years, I've dealt with some people who've been in prison. And I will tell you this, it, it, there have been exceptions to this rule. There have been exceptions. So, so if, if, if you're one of those, I can't remember if anybody in here has been in prison, but, um, but it, or if it's somebody that's in your family that I've ministered to, that may be the exception. I, I, I'm just going to say there has been exceptions. But most of the people that I've ministered to in prison were so consumed with themselves instead of the victims that they hurt and the families that they hurt. I, I happened to go through some letters that I had from a gentleman at my last church who had gotten into some trouble and he was in, he was in prison and he should be in prison. And I remember letter after, and I found this about a month ago, I was just reading over some stuff, at letter after letter from this, this particular guy, he kept talking about how bad it was. And I, I, I remember thinking when he sent them to me and I thought, well, duh, you're in prison. But what about the family that you hurt? You see, Paul didn't hurt anybody. Paul didn't, didn't do anything to anybody. He, he, didn't, he, he wasn't accused of, of, of something, some type of crime. It was because of his allegiance to the gospel. He, he was bound now. He was awaiting trial at Rome. And so because of that, in his darkest hour, what he's concerned most about are those that are around him. And that's where we find this text here in the book of Philemon. Here's a situation where in that day, they, they had, uh, in that culture, they had slavery. Uh, they had servants and bond servants. And, and so Paul was not so much attacking that or addressing that. But what he was doing is he was dealing with two people that he knew. One by the name of Philemon and the other was Onesimus. Now Onesimus had been a servant to Philemon. And, and what happened was Onesimus ran away. To make a long story short, he ran away from that servanthood. And here's what Paul did. When Paul got a hold of Onesimus, he shared the gospel with him and he gave his life to Jesus and he became a brother in Jesus Christ. And then here's what Paul did. Paul, instead of needing, he needed him for ministry, instead of keeping him to himself, here's what he said. He looked at Onesimus and he said this. You need to go back and make it right with Philemon. Wait a second, the, 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 the standard, the, the, the slavery issue. And, and here's what Paul was saying. I'm not, I'm not dealing with that organized situation. That's not for me to deal with. What I'm dealing with is you as, as an, a person. But this is what he did then. He sent him back, but he sent him back with a message to Philemon. And he said to Philemon, he said, listen, I'm sending Onesimus back because I think it's the right thing to do. But I want to let you in on something. He gave his life to Jesus. So he's no longer a servant. He's a brother. And what I'm asking you to do is receive him. And if he owes anything, if he's done anything wrong, if he's leaving, listen, what he's saying is, in his leaving, if he's left you in a lurch and you haven't been able to accomplish what you should have accomplished as a family, you charge that to me. I'll pay for it. Others. You see, when you serve others, it does not mean that you break the rules. It means that you serve others. It means that you honor others. And so that's what you have in this text. And so I want to give you some, some things that I believe are that from this text that, that can challenge us from this book 
about having a, another, or excuse me, an other's year. The first thing I want you to see is that we need to be a prayer warrior for other people. Look there in verse 4. Paul said this, and he was speaking to Philemon. He said, I thank my God making mention of you, listen to this word, always in my prayers. He said, hearing of your love and your faith which you have toward the Lord Jesus and toward all the saints. So I don't know if he's setting him up or what, but he said, listen, I know that you love God and you love, you love believers. But I want you to know something, Philemon, I'm praying for you. I'm praying that God would direct you. I'm praying that God would bless you. I'm praying that God would protect you. And in this new year, this year of others, wouldn't it be incredible to have on our side, don't you want to know that you have somebody, somebody you love, somebody that cares for you, somebody you go to church with, somebody you're in family with, somebody's being a prayer warrior for you? Again, this is not a normal crowd. It's a good crowd for a, for a holiday. <clears throat> but it's not a normal crowd. I don't mean that you're abnormal. I don't know what I meant by that. But um, in attendance. But I will say that even as I shared in the prayer time, in the context of the numbers this morning, when I look around, I see people who need a prayer warrior. And the question is going to be, are you, and the question is going to be, am I going to be a prayer warrior? For, for our family, for our church, for missionaries who are sharing the gospel all around the world, for those that are hurting. Listen, there are people, even here, right today, in our families, those who can't be in services like this. They're in hospitals, they're in nursing homes. They're at home. They're homebound. And they're hurting. And what they're wondering is. They may never say it, but they may be thinking, I've been a prayer warrior for so many people. I'm wondering now, is somebody going to pray for me? Pray that you'll be the answer to hurting lives. Because it's a year for others. A second thing that you see from this text, look at verse 6. And that is that we should be effective for other people or for others. Notice he said that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. He's saying to Philemon, listen, I know that, that you've, you've been blessed. And let's just, again, I know we're right after Christmas and, and I'm sure that there are things that, that we may not have, but the reality is more than likely all of us have more than we deserve. We really do. I know there's others who may have more stuff and more toys and more things. But, but the, the reality is, it's kind of like what I heard a, a dad say the other day in a ball game when their kid uh, fouled somebody in, in, uh, in a basketball game. He said, well, you, know, you got five of them, you can't, can't take them home with you. Pretty good way of looking at it. Well, see, the reality is our stuff we can't take with us. Last time I checked, it's still in a lot of those tombs, the pyramids, that they thought they could take it with them. You've seen in pictures where somebody who loved their Corvette or they loved something, they, they, they had it buried with them. I have a feeling if you look at, go dig it up, it's probably still there. You see, what Paul is saying to Philemon, he's saying, listen, 
You've been, you've been gifted. You've been blessed. And so, make that effective for other people. Take the resources that you have. Now think about that in the context of this year. Go back to last year or the year before that or the year before, maybe a five-year span or ten-year span. And you remember when you were right in the middle of it, you thought, man, I can't believe I'm going through this. This is horrible. And it was horrible. Why am I going through this? Well, now you make it 2012. You made it through it. Chances are somebody's going to go through something very similar to what you've already gone through. And be effective in their life. Step up to the plate. Be there for them. Don't wait on them to ask you. Just be there. Brother Mike, I don't know what to say. Most times you don't have to say anything. You just need to be seen. And see, your parents were teaching you that years ago. You remember when they said, listen, we got people coming over. Be seen, but not heard. All right? That, they were preparing you for that moment. You don't have to say anything. Just be there. Here's the, here's the third thing. Look there in verses 9 and 10. He said, Yet for, the love, for love's sake I rather appeal to you, being such as a one as I, Paul. He, he's saying, the aged, and now also a prisoner of Jesus Christ. I appeal to you for my son Onesimus, whom I have begotten while in my chains. He, he's saying, listen, I'm using my position or my gifting to help other people. And that's, that's what Paul was basically saying. He, he was saying in a nice way, Hey, um, uh, Philemon, I'm an apostle. I'm a church leader. And, and I'm, I, I could throw that weight around, but I'm not doing that. But because of where I am in my life, I'm going to do this for somebody that needs my help. You know, it's interesting in, in that... Um, I went back and read it this week in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 talking about spiritual gifts. That, that, um, matter of fact, listen to how the Bible says this in verse 7 of chapter 12. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So th this is what I kind of wrote down in my notes. I said, God is de desiring, according to that text about my gifting and your gifting, He's desiring to show His goodness. He's desiring to take your personalities and your lives and stamp His manifestation of who He is through you. You don't have to be somebody else to be you. I said to one of my kids just the other day, I said, listen, be your best, not somebody else's. You can't measure up to what's, but you be your best. And that's all that matters. And so God's wanting to show His goodness, but not only that, He's gifted each one. The Bible says that for the believer, every believer has at least one. Some have a couple of spiritual gifts, and, and, and the Bible can help you identify that. But it's for everyone. It's not to bring glory. The reason why you, you have a gift of servanthood or a gift of mercy or a gift of leadership or, or the gift to minister, it's not so that everybody will pat you on the back and say, boy, that's a, man, he's good, she's good. I mean, that person's awesome. It, some people are going to say that, but what you have to realize is what God's given you is for the profit of everyone. Even those who others may think don't deserve it. 
And I'm going to tell you something. Even in that culture, more so than in our day right now, they would have looked down on Onesimus. They would have said, he's not worth it. And Paul would have said, I just want to stand up right now and raise my hand and say, he is worth it. And Philemon, you know that. Let me show you another thing, a fourth thing. We're to help to see the best in others. Notice there in verse 15 and 16. For perhaps he departed for a while for this purpose. He said, I know he left, but maybe he left for the purpose that you might receive him forever. Notice this. No longer as a slave, but more than a slave, a beloved brother. Especially to me, but how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. You know, oftentimes people kind of get mixed up, even in our day. They'll say, well, you know what, I thought, let me just pick on Miss Peggy for a second. Let's say Miss Peggy uh, owned a business, and she had workers, and, and they'd say, you know what, I, I heard, I thought Miss Peggy was, what, was a Christian lady, so why doesn't she let us have off, uh, you know, get off from work anytime we want, when we need to? Why, how come, well, sometimes people kind of get mixed up, and they think because that somebody's a believer that they're supposed to just kind of let things go. No, that's not the case. And that's what Paul is, is saying here. Listen, that there's a standard that is, is to be upheld here. However, you can still in that area of submission, of looking as a boss to an employee, you can still honor them as a person and a believer. And you know the difference. You know when people honor you in your position or not. See, that's the real trick for anybody in leadership as a believer that they can be a strong enough leader that they can make the decisions but communicate it so that people know that they care about others. And that's what Paul was saying. In other words, Paul was saying, I, I want us to see, the, I want to see the best in Philemon. I believe that Philemon, you will receive him like you should. And I want you to see that his life's been changed. And I want you to see, you, I want you to see him different. And it may be it was for this purpose. I believe that in this year, that's a challenge. That we look at our lives and the things that are going on and say, could it be for this purpose? This has happened. Let me ask, don't, don't raise your hand because it, it could offend somebody. But do you have some people that are mean to you? Do you have some people that, that don't treat you the right way? We all do. I do. It could be. It could be that if I would look at it in this way, maybe it's for the purpose of refining me more than them. Amen? Now, if I knock them out, I'm not, I'm not helping anybody. I, as a matter of fact, I'm not growing any. But, it, but if I realize that I, I was watching, how many of you have seen the movie Soul Surfer? Raise your hand. Great, great movie. We've watched it about 17 times through the holidays. And so, um, and so it's like, hey, what do you want to watch? You want to watch Soul Surfer? I haven't seen Soul Surfer. Let's put Soul Surfer on. There's a point in there when, when Bethany Hamilton, she has her arm gone and she, she looks to that other um, surfer that, that was kind of her, um, her competition and it kind of been mean to her. And she looked at her and said, I think her name was Melina in the, in the story. She said, hey, I want to thank you for always treating me the same or something like that. I want to thank you 
for never making it easy for me. You know, she got it. As a 15-year-old girl, she got that, listen, people are going to be that way. And what we have to do is realize that for this purpose, it could be to make us better people. That's actually pretty good. Here's a fifth thing. Look at verse 18. We're to bear others' burdens. Notice this. He said, but if he has wronged you or owes you anything, you put that on my account. You put that on my account. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 2 says, bear one another's burdens and thus fulfill the law of Christ. It, it is God's law for us to do this for people. Can you imagine what would happen? You say, Brother Mike, are you claiming that we don't do it? No, I'm not claiming anything. I just would, I, I don't know if I've ever seen where we literally just bear one another's burdens. Look at verse 21, a sixth thing. We're to believe the best in others. Notice he said, having confidence in your obedience, I write to you knowing that you will do even more than I say. He's saying to Philemon, he said, listen, listen. I, I, believe, I believe the best in you, Philemon. I believe you're going to do even more than I ever could challenge you to do. There are those who, who do less than is expected, right? There are also those who do what's expected. And then there are those who do more than is expected. And that's what Paul saw in Philemon. Here's a final thing. This type of person who realizes that this year's for other people is willing to sacrifice for those around them. Look at verse 12. Go back and look at that. I am sending him back. You therefore receive him, that is, my own heart. If you go back and he said, who once was unprofitable to you, but now is profitable to you, and he's profitable to me. I, he, in other words, what he was saying is, I need him in ministry. I need him with me. But I'm willing to sacrifice that because I believe that is best for you and for Onesimus. You see, what we've got to decide, ladies and gentlemen, is will this year be about us, another year about us? Or will it become a year about others? I came across this a few months ago. Matter of fact, I want to say that we were in Honduras when I came across this, this text again. I don't have the verse. Um, I have the chapter, it's number six. But listen to what this blessing that Moses had for the children of Israel. He said, that the Lord would bless you and keep you. That the Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. That the Lord would lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. That, that's my prayer for us as a people. That, that's the blessing that I'm, I'm praying over us, over you, over me. That we would do more of what y'all did on Christmas Day. The grace store. But I'm going to tell you something. It's got to take everybody dreaming the dream. It's got to take everybody taking the vision of others. I'm giving you that vision. Brother Mike, we want a vision. Here it is, others. Let's, let's try to be 
this year. A ministry. I've said it before. I'm not saying we're not doing it. We are doing it. But let's do it more. Let's give ourselves away. Now, now listen to me. You can't do that for somebody else. I can't look at Belinda and say, you've got to give this much away. Mr. Harsh, you've got to do this. You've, you've got to, no, everybody's got to do their, th- I can't look at Daryl and say, this is what you've got to do. But what I can do is say, here's the dream. Let's let it be about other people. I love buildings. I'm glad we've got them. But we've got more than probably we need. I'm grateful for them. Matter of fact, that Mac, man, is used every day now. There's a ball shot in it every day. Every day. There's people doing exercises. I mean, something's going on. There's somebody eating in it. Every day. We don't use this every day. I'm grateful for it. We don't use some of these others every day. But God's blessed us with buildings. But he's given us all this, folks, for others. That's why he gave us this. That's what stewardship is all about. Is that we hold it lightly enough that we can make a difference in other people. There's a little church down the road that just bought the Reed School and done a beautiful job. They're not a, the same denomination as us, and, and that's okay. I, I'm not, they may not agree with everything we do. We may not agree with everything we do, but I, I'll say this. You know, they, they had somebody get saved and want to get baptized, and so one Wednesday night, actually I do it two Wednesday nights, and so they came in here and used our baptistry. It was one of the sweetest moments on a Wednesday night. I felt like, you know what? God gave us this building. Why not let others lives changed let's pray together if you're here this morning (coughs) and you just need to come to the altar and pray maybe for your family or for your life or what you're going through or maybe you'd like to become a believer in Jesus I'll be standing up here if you just want to come and pray you can do that Daryl's up here my wife's up here there's some others maybe you need to join this fellowship maybe you need to give your heart to Jesus I I would love to talk to you about about giving your heart to Jesus see the most important thing is to realize that, that God is the one who draws people And so if he's drawing you this morning, I want to encourage you to come. But understand when it comes to a relationship, you don't have to walk down this aisle and talk to me. You need to talk to him. But I, but I can, a lot of people sometimes don't exactly know, kind of, they get nervous, they're not sure exactly what they need to do. And so we want to help in that. But, but the Apostle Peter did it great when he was, he stepped out of the boat and then he took his eyes off of Jesus and he started to sink all he did was just look up to Jesus and say Lord save me it worked for him immediately he grabbed him so the most important thing is to know is that God's here but if, if you need to, some prayer you need to rededicate your life or join this fellowship whatever the decision is I just want you to know that in these next few moments God is concerned about others.
He's concerned about you. And we want to help in any way that we can. Father, draw people as we sing in a few moments to a place of decision to see their lives changed by the glory of your gospel. We pray in Jesus' name. Let's stand to our feet. If you need to come this morning, I tell you what, I'm going to let Daryl stand right here. Or actually, Shane, Daryl don't feel good either. Come here, Shane. We're both contaminated. If you need to come this morning, you come. You come this morning. You come and pray, you come. Whatever the season is this morning, you come. opportunity to come.